Professor Peach in the library with the lead pipe? Clue? Doe? Welcome to the Hoover Interview. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Jace. And Colin is my name out. All right. Today we'll be talking about the unicorn and the wasp. Now, I just want to start out by listing out. They, they actually, throughout the, the whole episode, they start listing out these Agatha Christie novels. And some of them are well hidden. Um, but we've got The Body in the Library, Murder on the Orient Express, The Secret Adversary, N or M, um, Nemesis, Cat Among the Pigeons, Dead Man's Folly, They Do It With Mirrors, Appointment with Death, Cards on the Table, Sparkling Cyanide, Endless Night, A Crooked House, Taken at the Flood, The Moving Finger, Death Comes as the End, Why Didn't... Oh, and then here they've got, like, um, some that are, like, slightly skewed, but um, Why Didn't They Ask Heavens... They translate into Why Didn't They Ask Evans and Murder at the Vicar's Rage uh, was a play on Murder at the Vicarage. They actually have playing cards on the table (laughs) in many of the scenes, by the way. I didn't know if that was also a reference. I don't think so, but maybe. Mm -hmm. Could have been. Yeah, so I thought that was... uh, cleverly done because like so many of those you're just like wow i did not that yeah, fit honestly in they all went over my head <laughs> um, every single one they fit in perfectly with the plot and the you know the the lines yeah. that just really worked murder mm-hmm. on the orient express stood out well yeah because that one was like uh this particular book <laughs> that she wrote definitely there's two casting notes that i wanted to make sure everybody knew Christopher Benjamin, who plays the colonel who's sitting in the wheelchair the whole time, uh, he was actually a very famous character from the classic Doctor Who series in The Talons of Wang Chiang with Tom Baker. He played Jago and became very famous as a duo between Jago and Lightfoot and then went on to do a whole audio series with those just two, those two characters. So Christopher Benjamin is a huge Doctor Who celebrity, you might say. Um, and then, of course, Felicity Jones, who played the unicorn in this episode, she's very famous for lots of movies, but I guess the most notable one I've seen recently would be the Star Wars. Um, the uh, It was the prequel to A New Hope. I forget the name. Ah. Rogue One. That's right. Rogue One. She was in that one. Yeah, this is good classic, you know, murder mystery setup, except, you know... The antagonist here is a gigantic wasp, bringing Agatha Christie into the mix. This is a, this is a nice little, little interesting setup. I thought it was interesting, especially how no one really questioned how this lady fell in love with a dude 
who was kind of just a spy, and then he turned into a wasp, and they somehow had a baby. I just think that that was a little bit stretched. Like, if I saw someone I was dating turn into a giant wasp. Also, why is a wasp falling in love with a woman and sleeping with her? It's it's high it's high class British culture. They don't talk about these things. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, actually, actually, I was going to say that that probably is it because she she got very emotional about it, and like in that culture, you like that's you know an embarrassing thing, something you just like don't look at when it's happening. Yeah, but like and I'm so, curious about these wasp people. Like, does it just go around accidentally falling in love with humans? And the doctor seemed to like know, and obviously didn't expand on it because he never does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't blame it. I fall in love with humans. Can't can't help it. Yeah, you know, it's just weird when you know a human loves you back as a wasp. You know, but love is love, I guess. Indeed. Well, this is kind of like a, this is shape shifting wasps too, so that opens up some possibilities. Yeah, and when this priest or pat whatever he was, was he? Yeah, he was priest. Um, dude was shifting back. I thought it was kind of corny the way he just did that little like twitch of it, like thing. It's just that wasn't necessary. It made it a lot more cringier than I think it should have been. Yeah, but I did like the actor's portrayal. Otherwise. Yeah. You know, and that was actually probably just scripted, but like mm-hmm. just, you know, some of his subtle reactions where, you know, he's like wincing at some of the ways they're talking about this baby when no one knows it's him, but you might be like, oh, he's a priest. He's probably uncomfortable with, you know, yeah. extramarital sex and, you know, all that, that thing. You know, it, it was done well. I think all of the actors in this actually are quite good. Yeah, I loved the whole um, thing where, through, you know, Agatha Christie is feeling, you know, insecure because her marriage is on the rocks. And uh, you hear Donna just repeatedly being like, but you're so great. You're doing all this great stuff. Just, you know, remember that you're awesome. Why can't you see it when you just look at that and you're like, that's what the doctor's saying to you constantly. And then she references that she lost her man to actually a spider. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think one thing goes for this episode is that it's one of the funnier episodes. There's definitely some great comedy scenes, which makes sense with Catherine Tate as Donna Noble, because, you know, she's already a comedian. Classic wit, for sure. Oh, yes. The whole sequence where she's trying to get the doctor to expel the cyanide poison. Oh, my God, and she's so bad at charades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harvey Wallbanger just doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> Captain races though. I I could see where she was going with that. I guess. <laughs> no, I thought when he wanted a shock, he was like looking for like maybe sunlight. That's what yeah, I was thinking lights. I'm kind of curious how this story would have turned out if they didn't, or how they would have wrote this story had they not included something randomly about like this thief, like this unicorn that was stealing stuff. Because that was the original premise, or what we thought the premise of the story was. Come to find out, oh, accidental wasp, and then you just kind of forgot about the thief, but you didn't, and then the thief was gone, but there was still a wasp. Yeah, it well, almost seems that's, superfluous to me. No, 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 no. That, that's all part of them weaving in the Agatha Christie feeling to it, because yeah. there's always the concept of, like, you've like got all of these people that are suspects, and the detective is going around questioning each of them individually and, like, learning what their, their story is and then working it out, and, like, everyone's got something to hide. Just like they did in, in this story, oh, that like I see. Every, yeah, so yeah. like so like it's like everyone's but also the lying same... about something. Everyone's you know like most people's alibis don't you know check out in some way because it's something that they're lying about, and you just the detective has to figure out are they lying about 
being the murderer or not. And, like, so this was kind of the same thing, especially when they were going around the room being like, oh, I accuse you, I accuse you. Which was funny with uh, the guy that was in a wheelchair. Oh, my God, that he just was. outed himself completely. <laughs> <laughs> the poor colonel, but that, oh, that was great. But, yeah, yeah. Now, after she, like, went laid into the unicorn, I'd be like, yep, she's got pain. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, too many of those, like, you know, classic... Uh, you know, murder mystery tropes that were like put in there because no one had an alibi, and then coming on to it, just as the wasp goes down the hallway and he says, Hey, everybody who could possibly be the wasp sticks their head out at the same time. Well, it was, it's you know, fair. It, it, a lot of those are tropes because of Agatha Christie, because it comes from her novels. Right. So no, but, like but was it yeah. supposed to be that her influence actually crafted the situation? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, it wasn't just that it crafted the the motivations of the wasp. No. It, creature. Yeah. It, well, it was. Because oh, I, I thought it was more saying. that. But what I'm saying is, like, just well, circumstantially past well, what you know the wasp oh. could plan for. No, no. Just no I, I'm, these I'm, I'm just saying that, like, this was clearly like this whole episode was, uh, you know. Agatha Christie, for sure. There's a lot of luck with what goes on to have everything kind of work itself out. I mean, the thunder and lightning break through the window during dinner, right at the right moment, so that the so they can't discover who is the wasp yet. Yeah, which makes which of course is or just suddenly finding that little like box of tricks or whatever it was. Yeah, well, that one wasn't. I don't think that one was as bad because it was more Agatha Christie kind of using her typical detective powers to actually see something that was out of the ordinary. That and they they were at a garden party. It makes sense that they were like wandering around the garden. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but but yeah, the other parts of it just seemed just a little too. <laughs> what's the word? Convenient, indeed. I thought that also the storyline, though, just of, you know, that she had gone to India and fallen in love and got pregnant and out of wedlock and, you know, her, like, confidant, you know, ended up running her household because she knew she could trust her and they locked away the secret and that was all something that was obvious to Agatha Christie, (laughs) you know, so, like, that was just something that people did, like, Oof, and then like the storyline with like the son and you know his boyfriend and like how they you know had to keep everything secret, but like people knew because like the dad even makes a reference to it at one point. When does like, he make that reference? Well, he's just like, well, there aren't any children here, and there aren't bound to be any more, and kind of like gives a look. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. So like you know, it's just like kind of like th- there were so many things throughout this, like where you look at. And you're like, wow, what a rough society to be in, even though they've got all of this, you know, great wealth and freedom and stuff. They also are like have to be closed off and like hide everything true about themselves constantly. As they say in England, they they must carry on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So question, are yellow jackets wasps? Because this seemed like a giant yellow jacket to me, and I just don't attribute those terms. Yeah, yeah, this totally looked like a yellow jacket. Actually, no, it did look very much like a wasp. There are wasps that take on the form of a yellow jacket and actually infiltrate. They shapeshift? No, no, no. They look like yellow jackets, but they can infiltrate a yellow jacket's hive. 
and and then take and then they can. Okay, so what you're saying is that this is this looks like a wasp disguised as a yellow jacket. Well, I mean, well, not necessarily. It <laughs> it's just that there are certain wasps that look like yellow. Yeah, jackets. but I'm just saying that if you're gonna be referencing that, then you may as well just say it looks like a yellow jacket. <laughs> True, but I mean the 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 abdomen is very wasp-like, and the way that they in England that. maybe they call them all wasps. Maybe it's a more general term. Yeah. Well, because a yellow jacket <laughs> has God, more. Of a, this looks like somebody pretending to be a phone box. <laughs> A yellow jacket has more of a rounded... For context, that's her phone case. <laughs> yes. It looks, looks exactly like a TARDIS. Well, I figured phone box, I figured they would get it. Well, I mean, I, I'm trying to help. It is a Doctor Who no, audience. I might need some context. At least as far as, we, as far as we know you are. <laughs> I just broke the fourth wall. Oh, my goodness. Oh, guys. no. Ew. It's maybe, ruined. Maybe they're into us for other reasons, you know? <laughs> maybe they just love my voice. Yeah, maybe we're, we have like that... Um, ASMR, you know, kind of sense. I don't think we do. No, we don't in the slightest. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's not us. <laughs> that's more for And, like, our sound. volume fluctuates frequently throughout these podcasts, so that would probably be very irritating for that. <laughs> mm. Sorry for that, by the way, everyone. We can only do so much here. It is what it is. You know, we're authentic. We like to keep it real here. Yep. Definitely. So, any other thoughts on any of the characters or any of the... These things were huge. Production? That's it. Can anyone think of anything negative to say about this other than the buzzy thing? Well, the corniness and some of the ridiculousness of the plot. I mean, obviously that's kind of... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little one-dimensional. It almost seems like this episode was plagiarized, and they brought in <laughs> David Tennant and... Catherine Tate, I'm just spice curious. it up a little bit. I'm just curious as to why it was a wasp. It could have been like anything, like any kind of alien, anything. It just it was a giant bug. I think someone thought that would be creepy as hell. It is. I mean, who likes wasps? Well, that's why. Well, yeah, but it's God just weird. Damn. You have all these cool aliens elsewhere, and it's like, you know what? Let's just have this episode be about an insect. Yeah, I mean, they could have had Slovene here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the CGI for the wasp was at times a little bit eh. And then sometimes it was good. Like when it was actually in the house and its stinger actually uh, hit the the ceiling, yeah. that was kind of cool. But other than that, yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like it was... That's another biological gripe that I have. You know, do wasps really lose their whole stingers? I don't I don't think that that happens. I don't think they just leave yeah, I don't whole think stingers in walls. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a shapeshifter too. So maybe, you know, it's a shape, shape back and then you shape... You know, into a wasp again, your stinger's back. I, I don't know how Do it works. Do you lose, like, your butt I, in real life, though, if you're back into a human? Is it just flat? I think I have an explanation, gone? though, sure. that makes more sense, is that this is an alien. It's not an actual wasp. Well, yeah. So, just because it regenerated a stinger... Well, the doctor seemed very confident that it was going to, also. Yeah. Which, is, I think real wasps, typically, they will sting and sing and sing and sing with the same stinger. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like a bee where it can actually be removed. And not all bees actually have that. It's only certain ones. But yeah, that's... Wasps are one of the more dangerous insects out there. So I guess that makes sense to make it a creepy one. Yeah, more scary. One that I, flies I once and... got stung uh, like all over my like whole left arm 
by a nest of wasps. I was like, uh, I was young and I kept sliding down the slide, not knowing there was a wasp nest under it. And like the whole nest came out and just stung me. Like they almost took me to the hospital, but they fed me a ton of Benadryl. Oh, and goodness. then we're like, okay, she's okay. <laughs> I was mowing the lawn uh, as a lifeguard once and I must have disturbed a wasp nest because the this wasp just stung me like 10 times all in my hand. Oof. And uh, I swelled up pretty well from that too. Thanks. They're not fun. They're not fun. I'll I'll say that much. In my youth, we had a a big slide like up in the next yard over, and me and my friends would go up there and slide down from time to time. Um, but reliably, you know, every season once it's warm enough, there'd be yellow jackets in this thing, um, swa- uh, swarming all about, and we'd take like gum and try and plug up the holes. And oh my god. Things. Yeah, try and take care of things. We were not very effective exterminators. No. <laughs> uh, I took some stings that way. I, <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things like the chicken pox where it like happens to everyone, but when it happens to you, it's going to suck even more because I have not had any encounters with wasps or bees or anything like this. Well, I mean, you may not. If you avoid better them, not. If you, I, <laughs> if you avoid them just fine, you should. And I hear if you avoid work. them long enough, the next one you see will be huge. Maybe <laughs> 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 just break through your window, just in the middle of your garden party, <laughs> and then be amongst you. <sighs> just a rumor. Oh, yeah. What about that necklace that somehow kind of. Oh, yeah, the fire stone. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. that a little superfluous? No idea what that word means. No, because that was the whole idea of how they got the, like, telepathically transmitted the books of Agatha Christie into the wasps. We could be telepathic wasps. You know, they're aliens, too. We could take the pump that angle. Again, I I think this was more of a character piece and not a very... <clears throat> not a very heavily plotted piece. Yeah. But you got to have a monster of the week. And, you know, giant wasp, I mean, the CGI, you're right. It could be stock CGI, for all we know. It was at the it's time. Not, I think it was 2008, so. I don't think it was that bad. It wasn't that I've bad. I've seen worse than Doctor No. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, this is definitely. You're right. We're being a little harsh. We're being harsh. But, you know, it's just a giant wasp. You know, like. He's a blue cut Donald. Yeah. Should we rate this bad boy? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess I'll go first for once. Okay. I dare you. Hello. Dare accepted, Colin. Okay. Um. Yeah, this was an episode about a giant wasp. There's not very much to say about that. I thought that was kind of stupid, but also I wouldn't want to mess with one of those. Um, I think the way that they um, made this into a giant clue episode and basically made it the OG version of it was kind of cool um i don't have very much to say thought it was cool i'll give it a s- I'm, I'm gonna give it maybe a 6.5 it was done very well however it wasn't just like a wow wow moment for me maybe i'll give it like a seven oh no i'll still say a 6.5 sorry so we're we're going in between six point five and seven for that. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go next. Whoa, I know. I um, well, I love Agatha Christie books, so I actually like this. This episode has this very special place in my heart. I, I thought it was uh, so much fun, and I've watched it many times. That said. Yes, of course, there were a decent amount of problems with it. And, you know, I do have to say, actually, uh, I kind of liked the little paradoxes they threw in at the end where it was like Donna, like, 
kept giving Agatha Christie all these, like, little ideas throughout the way, and she, like, remembered them, so she wrote them into books, but Dinah only, only knew about them because she read about them in the books. Yeah. So where'd the idea come from? But I thought this, that was kind of fun. Um, I am going to give this one an eight. I know that there were, you know... A lot of like technical things with it, but I just found it so enjoyable. Well, you like this woman, so you're a little biased. Yeah, I don't know who this woman is prior to this episode, so it's probably the reason my rating wasn't the highest. So yeah, what, what do I think about this episode? Well, good question, Colin. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, um, th- this was fun. There, there's a lot of good elements to this. I thought there was some good humor and some banter um, and a lot of different moments and back and forth. Um, and I, I enjoyed the cast. Honestly, I think this was well acted. I think it was on point. Um, but in, in some senses, I think it was just a little hokey, a little like uh, singularly focused and a little narrow. Um, I think if I was a bigger Agatha Christie fan, I'd really resonate to all the little um, nods that were made throughout this episode and just the way that it was crafted. Um, but honestly, I'm not. It all went over my head. I think this is a lesson to me that Agatha Christie is due a lot of credit just for how we build stories and build mysteries in general. But from my perspective, it was hard for me to appreciate it, um, at least in the context of this Doctor Who episode. So for me, I think this was, you know, it was a great attempt, but as I said before, in some senses it almost feels plagiarized, you know, with Doctor Who just inserting itself over top of it. Um, for me, this is going to get a 6 out of 10. Um, I think I'd have to give Agatha Christie and the actress who played her a 10 out of 10, just because I think Granted. she well, was she was actually really amazing Brilliant. in this episode. Um, and she kind of... She and and the doctor really kind of boosted this this episode for me personally. Donna was decent, um, and of course I love Christopher Benjamin as you already know as the Colonel. Um, but I think based on the plot, based on everything else that that we've talked about, I'm only going to give this a six point five out of ten, um, and mostly because of of the the plot being not. Not something that, I mean, I don't know. It just felt like they maybe they rushed the plot a little bit too much, didn't give it as much thought as they usually do. And this is, again, one of the lower points of this season, which is kind of hard to do. If 6.5 is the low point of a season for me, that's doing pretty good because um, that's still passing. So, yeah, there's, there's my reading. Tell us what you think. Uh, you can visit us on Facebook and give us a little message or anything if you'd like. We'll definitely repeat your messages if if we get any. Yeah. If oh, they're yeah. a long message, you might get repeated as well. No, you will. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, one more thing I forgot to ask you guys. Did you all feel bad for the vest before him at the end? Like when he drowned, you know, like when the doctor's all like, Donna, he couldn't help it himself. And she's, you know, like, neither could I or whatever. Like, did you did you feel bad for him? When I first saw it, yes. And then I've repeatedly watched it ever since then. I just, it's just kind of like, well, it, it's kind of a bittersweet ending for the Vesper form because it actually kind of changed its mind at the end. But it doesn't really make up for all the murders that it did in, a, in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tragic character. I, I should feel sorry for it, and I recognize that I should, but I did not feel that like I felt in other characters. There just wasn't enough development for me to really feel in line with it and its story and its comeback. 
So I, I wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. Maybe if we got to know him a little bit more, it would have hurt more. I feel like every time I've watched it, I haven't felt, you know, pity for it. But then for some reason, this time watching it, I was just like, aw. <laughs> but like, like, it was like when the doctor was just like, oh, you know, it's like beamed it. So it's part of its identity that got beamed into its head. And that's what it thinks it is. And I was just thinking, oh, no, it can't help itself. Well, the reality is it was going to die regardless because Agatha Christie was going to take her life. Of oh, yeah, oh, yeah for, for sure. I mean, like it had to be done. Yeah. yeah there's no question there. So it's that's just... where I didn't feel that bad about it. But in the like same that. way, the, the Cyberman can't help it. The Daleks can't help it. That's how they are. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. they, they don't get that same amount of empathy. Just because they're not. Except for we've seen Cybermen overcome their programming, and we've seen Daleks overcome their genetic programming. If we got more of this insect, maybe we'd see them overcome the programming. This one just didn't. Yeah, that's fair. So maybe it really did have a choice. We'll find out with a new Jody episode if the Wasp returns. <laughs> oh, the, the worst oh villain to bring back. Yeah. <laughs> coming no, coming sure. to theaters soon. Ant Man. The Doctor and the Wasp. <laughs> I'm sure we could come up with a few others worst. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for the sure. The Pating, if it came back. Oh, my goodness. It oh. did come back. We saw it in that prison. Oh, gosh, you're right. I mean, but nothing wrong with a Pating. It's got a great name. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough from this Pating. Have a good night, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.